Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, 1 through 8, called, How to Seek First His Kingdom and His Righteousness. Your father doesn't want your lists. He wants your heart. Now, he wants you to bring petitions to him. James says, you have not because you ask not. But he says, you ask and don't receive, James 4, 2, and 3, because you ask amiss that you might spend it on your own pleasures. That's not a relationship. That's my candy machine in the sky, and I pull the lever when I need something. And that's not what our Father wants. Imagine a relationship where Verse seven, all you do is repeat phrases over and over again to your beloved partner. (laughs) That would be fairly empty, wouldn't it? Verse seven, when you're praying, Jesus gives us a little bit more. Don't use meaningless. The New King James has vain repetition. The word in the Greek is actually babbling. As the Gentiles, that's the ethnikos, that's the pagans, Don't keep on babbling like pagans, NIV, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. Christian prayers are measured by weight, not by length. Meaningless repetition is empty phrases. Of course, the opposite of meaningless repetition is meaningful repetition. And the Bible does make a case for prayers to be repeated. For example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed three times the same prayer. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul prayed about the thorn in his flesh three times. Take it away, take it away, take it away. My grace is sufficient for you. You guys know the passage. In the Psalms, there's repetition of his love being everlasting. Repetition in and of itself can be the key to learning. And it's not necessarily bad unless it becomes meaningless. I'll give you two examples. I don't mean to offend anybody, but this is, I think, relevant. I grew up in a Roman Catholic household. There's many wonderful Roman Catholic believers, and they love the Lord. But when I was growing up, you would go to confession if you did something bad. And occasionally, Pastor Michael was there in the confessional, just occasionally. And you confess your sin, and the priest would give you prayers to pray for absolution. And if you grew up in this system, it would be something like this. Oh, you did that? Seven our fathers. And then you get absolved. So here's what you do. The, the prayer is biblical. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it next Sunday. But by the time you got to the third time praying it, all you're trying to do is do like what happened when you got in trouble in math class I will never cheat on that test again. I will never cheat on that test again. I will never cheat on that test. I will never, and now you're just trying to get it over with. That's where repetition can become empty. But in this setting, there's no Roman Catholic church when Jesus is preaching. He's preaching to a Jewish audience. And in the Jewish context, I was talking to a sister after the first service. She goes, you know, Pastor Michael, that's very much present in Judaism as well. Imagine... 
take a scene of the wailing wall in Jerusalem. They're there with their prayer books and they're doing this, right? And there's repeated prayers. Now, whether or not they're meaningful or meaningless depends upon the motive of the heart and only God knows that. But here's what I'm saying. There can be a danger in repetitive prayers if they become void of meaning. So I heard, uh, uh, I read a pastor who said, maybe what we ought to do is remove one of our routine prayers for this coming week and see what it does to our prayer life. Maybe there'll be nothing left and maybe that's not a bad thing because maybe we need to start over. Maybe we need to realize that communing with our God is wanting his will to be done and maybe a little bit more listening than talking. And maybe it's something like this, Father, what would you have me to do today that would extend your kingdom? What do you want to say to me today? Yes, I have these needs. Yes, I know you delight to meet my needs, but I don't want my prayer life just to be about a list or a rote prayer or something I pray every single time the same way and now it's lost some meaning. I think you get the point. The classic example of babbling on in a pagan prayer is in 1 Kings 18 when the prophets of Baal, from morning until evening, you know, try to get Baal's attention. Only one problem, Baal doesn't exist, so they're not going to get his attention. And they pray from morning until noontime. Oh, Baal, Baal, Baal. They start cutting themselves. Baal, I'm bleeding for you, Baal. Baal, Baal us out of this one, Baal. Light the fire. No, he ain't calling back. I heard Tony Evans preach on this and he was talking about the contest and he said, yeah, the prophets of Baal were singing that song. Fire, boom, 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 boom. Anyway, didn't happen. But the Lord, <laughs> so you're like, what is he doing up there? What song is that? Who sang it? I forgot. Doesn't matter. And so they went on and on. They thought they'd be heard for their many words. On and on, babble, 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 babble. Nothing. So sometimes our prayers can be substantive and short, especially before meals. <laughs> Therefore, verse 8, we need to move on. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You don't have to get into the weeds on current events with God. Oh, Lord, I'm not sure if you knew what was going on, but a couple hours ago, this happened on the corner of this street and that street, and he didn't need it. <laughs> now, sometimes the, deal, the detail is okay, but the point is, your father knows what you need, and he delights to meet needs but he knows what you need and what you don't need. Isaiah 65, 24 says, it will come to pass before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. This is about trust. Someone approached me in the foyer and said, if God's sovereign and he knows uh, what we're gonna pray and he, he has his perfect will, do we, when we pray, do we ever change his mind? And I said, I don't think we change his mind because he knows everything. He's omniscient. 
But the question was going something like this. Do some things not happen because we fail to pray? Yes. James says you have not because you ask not. God says in the famous passage in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name, if they'll humble themselves and pray, right, then the healing will come. But if they don't, they won't. In Nineveh, there was a warning 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. They repented from the king down. You see the point. God does honor prayer. He is omniscient. He is sovereign but he still honors prayer. And if we don't pray about some things, then maybe the Lord will allow those things not to happen. Or maybe we'll have delays in things that the Lord wants to do. Final example, we move from giving prayer to fasting. We'll move quickly. Whenever you fast, and fasting was voluntary, even though the scribes did it twice a week, only one major holiday called for a fast, the Day of Atonement, And that was the fast day. And of course, that's been fulfilled in Christ. Whenever you fast, don't put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites or the actors do. They neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they're fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head. We might say brush your hair, wash your face. I'll add brush your teeth, please. Brush your teeth so that your fasting will... uh, not be noticed by men, but by your father who sees or who's in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, does this mean that when you fast, you don't tell your wife, so she cooks this beautiful dinner for you, you come home from work and she says, what, you're not going to eat? And you say, I can't tell you. I, I take the fifth. Is it my cooking? Do you have a problem with my cooking? I can't tell you. I can't tell you what's going on. (laughs) Now, I think that's taken to a ridiculous conclusion, and I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Of course, you'd want your spouse to know. Maybe your spouse will be fasting with you, maybe not. That's not the issue here. The issue is that you are putting on a show when you fast. So you show up at noon where your buddies normally hang out at the coffee place, and you come, and your hair is all disheveled. You got dry drool on the side of your face and they go, you, you come like this? You can barely stand. What's wrong with you, brother? I'm fasting! How long has it been since you ate? Since 8.30! And if it's a teenager, they're almost dead because they got to eat every 90 minutes. What's wrong with you? I'm famished! I'm starving! You ate 90 minutes ago. I know, And if we sound the trumpet and we're like, people ask you to, faces disfigured, I'm fasting. (laughs) It's like, well, you got your reward in full, so you might as well soak up all the praise that you can get. How long? A half a day. When you fast, look normal which I know is a challenge for some. (laughs) Sorry, that was poor humor. But don't be all down and moping around because you're doing it for the Lord. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hi, I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for the Walk in Truth Program. This year has given Walk in Truth many reasons to be thankful. Walk in Truth has reached more listeners than ever before with seven radio stations throughout the country, including right here in Southern California. In addition, Pastor Michael's teachings are listened to by thousands of people around the world thanks to the podcast. This year has brought new blessings as well. Listeners can listen to Walk in Truth's daily episodes, watch videos, and read the Bible through the new Walk in Truth app. The app also allows for new possibilities we hope to launch next year. Stay tuned for that. I am also very happy to announce that thanks to recent giving by some members of Living Truth and Walk in Truth listeners, we now have the funds to broadcast in San Diego on KPraise 106.1 FM and AM 1210. The Lord is moving, making His gospel known, and like many other Living Truth ministries, He's using the Walk in Truth program to do it. We are thankful for your partnership and for your prayers. We can't wait to see what the Lord does with the Walk in Truth program in 2024. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. But don't be all down and moping around, because you're doing it for the Lord. And when you fast, don't fast just to deprive yourself. Look, it's voluntary. If you fast just for deprivation, meaning, uh, today I'm just going to fast and deprive myself, and you don't make it about the kingdom, you may as well just eat. Or if you fast and say, you know, I really could lose 10 pounds. My whole life I could lose 10 pounds. <laughs> Can I get a witness, anybody? But if your fast is about Old Testament examples, Esther's about to go to the king and risk her life. Fast for me. We'll fast. They're about to go on the journey from Babylon back to the promised land. We're fasting for the travel. A fast was often accompanied with repentance. David fasted when the Lord, uh, the child was sick through the adulterous affair with Bathsheba and the child looked like he was going to die and David fasted and sought the Lord as best he could. And then after the child was taken, he got up and ate. In the New Testament, the church is fasting in Acts chapter 13. They're about to send out Saul and Barnabas and the Holy Spirit commissions them. Jesus says, when the bridegroom's taken, they will fast, but they're not fasting now because right now it's wedding time and the, the bridegroom is here. Fasting is voluntary. It needs to be spirit-led. And when we do it, whether it's a meal or two or a day or whatever you do, you do it with kingdom business in mind. That is, I'm... I'm decreasing the voice of the flesh, my stomach's gurgling, but I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm going to read my Bible and pray about something specific. Maybe it's a, a, a fork in the road, a big moment in your life, whatever it may be. But you don't put yourself under unnecessary burdens and you don't do it for the show of people because if you do, you have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. But I want to I end this on a positive note. But when you do it right, you do have a reward from your father who's in heaven. And he delights to repay his children with blessings. I think about when the boys were small, I knew what they needed as their dad. Mom and dad knew what they needed. But it was always a delight to have them come and ask to, you know, maybe go out to eat or play catch or wrestle on the floor or whatever. It delighted my heart that my children would come to me. And I was blessed. And 
I think that's what our father is saying. Look, let this be about a relationship, not about religious activities. Let it be about the kingdom seeking first. That is our priority. Father, thank you for the attention of your people to this beautiful teaching from Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, our great Savior and King, for teaching us the ways of the kingdom. We mentioned earlier that the kingdom is now. We're in it. It's being expressed through every Christian walking the face of the earth. It could be in Asia. It might be in Africa. It might be right here. In our country, Lord, the kingdom of God is the people of God under the rule of the king. And we've gotten a little insight into what it means to pursue that kingdom, the kingdom way. Would you help us, Lord, to realize that that's what we're part of? We're citizens of a greater kingdom. We live to please the great king. And we live to love him with everything we are and to love those around us as we would love ourselves. Some of these principles, Lord, have to do with our walk with you. Things that we do, ways that we give, ways that we pray, times that we fast, and all of them have to do with the beauty of a love relationship with you. And Lord, something that we celebrate is that you reward faithfulness. You're a God that repays and rewards, and it's so awesome to think about those rewards presently and in the future. And I pray that your people will be encouraged by the fact that you are blessed and pleased when things are done the right way. Help us to be cautious not to do things the wrong way. Help us to be as pure as we can be, Lord. Thank you for your grace for us, Lord, that we're in Christ Jesus and you already know we're not perfect. We're never gonna do these things perfectly, but Our aim is to be holy as you are holy, to be as you, Lord. Would you keep your head and heart bowed just for a moment? Let the word of God sink deep into your soul. Perhaps this week, the Lord would have something for you that would pertain specifically to some of the content, Um, whatever he would be speaking to you. Just take a few moments. Take a moment in the secret place in the beauty of his presence, to listen to his voice, to let him lead you and guide you. Maybe there's a relationship that needs to be healed. Maybe there's a way that you've been walking that needs to be amended. Maybe you just need to thank him for ways that he's blessed your life and your family. Maybe there are some hurts that you need to lay at his feet. Whatever it may be, just remember, he is Abba, Father. And if he's not your father with your head and heart bowed, and you want to know him, he sent his son to die for you and to resurrect from the dead. And in order to enter the kingdom, you must receive Jesus Christ as your king, your Lord, your savior. You must Receive what he did for you at the cross and through the resurrection. Ask him into your life. Something like this, Lord, I repent of my sin. 
I believe that you're the king. I believe you came on a rescue mission to die on the cross for me and rise from the dead, and I repent of my sin. I ask you to be my Lord, my King, my God, my Savior, my friend, my Father. Change me from the inside out. Maybe you've been a prodigal, and some of the warnings here have hit your heart that you've been maybe putting on a show more than anything else. Well, there's hope for all of us, and that just means you just turn away from that and just become as authentic as you can be. He already knows you. He already loves you. He knows everything about you, so just surrender those things that maybe you've been holding on to. Thank you, Father. We ask all of this in Yeshua's mighty name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to How to Seek First His Kingdom and His Righteousness, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 8. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Don't you love that last part of verse 8? Your father knows what you need before you ask him. You know, that's how well he knows us. And it's pretty amazing. It it really connects with Psalm 139. He knows a thought before we think it, a word before we say it. He knows when we rise up. He knows when we lie down. He knows what keeps us awake when our minds might be a bit troubled. He knows when we wake up in the middle of the night to pray. He knows what we need. And that's so comforting, isn't it? And that's what it means to know the king, the king of the kingdom of God. And you know, the kingdom of God is God's people, God's rule over God's people, wherever you may be. And that may be that you're at work, you're on the freeway, you're at home, you're traveling abroad, whatever it may be. He knows what you need. Maybe you're in a season of crisis. Maybe you've just lost a loved one. Maybe you've been praying for a job. He knows what you need. And so you can just put it before him and say, Lord, open the doors you want opened, close the doors you want closed. But as for me, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and trust you. And the promise, the beautiful promise in Matthew 6.33 is that he'll add, he'll add, he'll add everything we need unto us. Well, on Wednesdays, we have a midweek service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. And we've been going through the incredible book of Judges. And it's a, it's a hard book. It's a challenging book. If you were to sum it up, you would say the cycle, the ugly cycle of sin, um, you know, servitude and then repentance crying out. And that cycle continues and continues. And it just shows the need, uh, of an ultimate 
Redeemer and Answer. And if you want to hear more about the book of Judges, we, we've been having a lot of our other leaders and pastors teaching on Wednesday nights. They've done an incredible job. And it's a midweek service with usually acoustic worship. We open to the book of Judges, teach a section of it, and then close with worship and have a wonderful time of Koinonia Fellowship. That's happening at Living Truth Wednesday nights in the city of Corona. We're right on the border of Corona and Norco. And if you want to get information and driving directions, maybe a Wednesday night is a good night for you to come on out. Maybe you're part of another fellowship on Sundays. You can come on Wednesdays if you want. Or maybe you're just trying to get back to church and a Wednesday night sounds really cool. It's a little smaller crowd, a little bit more intimate. So go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, and you can find out the information. There's a youth group going on. There's uh, stuff for the kids to be taught. So that's Wednesday nights at 7 at Living Truth. Check it out, walkintruth.com, and click on that church tab. God bless you. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 15, called The Kingdom Prayer. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.